jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out Okay, so then Lindsay Wallace, right? Like, she's... Are they going to treat her right? I, you know, I hope so. But also those hopes are very high. Like, my heart cries yes. My brain says, are you kidding me? No. I, I just, I don't think, after how clumsily they handled every woman in that film and depicting her and giving her agency... And yet every article was, oh my, wait until you see this Laurie Strode in the new Halloween. She is a survivor. She is what we need in the hashtag me too era. She would kill Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> like cut, cut to crying, holding wine. Yeah. <laughs> cut to the mannequin Stonehenge out in the back of her fucking house. <laughs> This is what they led us to believe. And so it's actually a sundial. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it tells her like Michael's schedule <laughs> by the sun. Yeah. And then you know what we got with that movie. So I say um, my expectations are not high, I guess. I feel like I feel like Kyle is Lindsay. She's going to end up being a vlogger because they're going to have to do some like parallel to Real Housewives, like reality TV. Yes. She'll be like a vapid vlogger that, that like you said, that she sees Lori at the mall and then, <laughs> and, 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 and then she dies taking a selfie. But like, I want Lindsay Wallace to be like, like, I imagine her like, I don't know why I imagine her with like a cowboy hat with those bangs. <laughs> but like, she's work, she's like, she's like working. Um, and maybe she actually manages it because she's a small business owner. But like, she runs the local dive bar. Oh, like, like a coyote ugly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like almost a little bit shades of burlesque also, but like... Coyote Lindsay. <laughs> and she, there's lots of financial troubles because like this is after, you know, she got some settlement from the Haddonfield Hospital or whatever, or sanitarium. She invested all that money and this bar is all she has. Oh, I like it. And this is like her lifelong dream. And like everyone knows, like she's really kind to everybody that works there, but she like... She's like kind of like a tough, cool mom, but she also like will give them (laughs) an hour off to go pick up their kids from school. (laughs) And then like by the end of it, she's full like Reba McIntyre and Tremors and she's just using her arsenal of weapons to like take out Michael Myers. I'm into it. Right? Lori comes in for a glass of wine. That's how they reconnect. Oh my God. And she's like, oh, you're, have you always worked here? (laughs) She's like, who are you again? (laughs) And that, and there's a TV in the bar, and that's how we connect that it's the same Lindsay because she's always watching the TV and zoning out. Like, <laughs> she's resting on the bar with her chin in her hand. Yeah, <laughs> watching it doesn't hear anything. <laughs> but then that's when that's when they really are like they know something's up. Is they're like Lindsay, snap out of it, and she's like, no, he's back. He's back. 
And then she goes, she like kicks down the the faux wall for the bachelorette uh, photo booth, and then behind <laughs> it, she pulls out her shotguns. <laughs> and she puts on a different cowboy hat. A different one, absolutely. A different one, yeah. Because she has her hunting hat. Right. Oh my god. Halloween She has like bang. a fringe jacket. Ooh, yes! Oh, absolutely, the fringe. A fringe jacket, cowboy boots. Yeah. So she's oh. gone full cowgirl. She's full cowgirl. Okay. I don't know why. Full cowgirl. Like, it's more of a ranch hand, let's say. Yeah. And it's on the edge of Haddonfield, so it's like where everyone, like all the truckers stop in there. Right. Yeah. Okay. And like, I like this. Danny McBride already wears cowboy hats and likes that, so like he has to do this, right? You'd think. You'd think. Or they're going to go, like you said, the reality route, and she's going <sighs> to be... She will have parlayed <clears throat> her experiences with Michael Myers and Laurie Strode into a reality career. I bet she has a book out. Oh, she's like va- somewhere between Sid Prescott and Gail Weathers. Yeah, she's but she's like <clears throat> opportunistic and she's latching on to this thing that she was kind of on the periphery of when you think yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. She's latched on and used it to make a lot of money. She, like, yells at her publicist on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. she, like, she like stomps away in her um, uh, Louboutins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then she dies then with, a like, a single white female style with a Louboutin through the face. Oh, my God. That's absolutely going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, though, do I hate this version also? Because <laughs> I'm not, I'm, maybe I'm not against that, all, all that. You happening. know. This is what we said earlier, is that something, just the fact that she's in this movie, <clears throat> that they've cast her in this, makes me love this movie already and feel a weird protectiveness over it. We, she has to be protected. We must protect she this must, film. <laughs> we must, don't you dare talk bad about Halloween bangs. <laughs> don't you dare. It's perfect. Even or though Maleficent with Aurora just watching over her and yeah. guiding her <laughs> quietly from the distance of the yeah. forest. Yeah. Yeah. Who could have thought it after our scathing episode about Halloween H4O? One of our earliest episodes. Given how much we hated that movie. And here I am. Here we are. Protect this movie at all costs. I can't wait to see it. No other piece of art needs to see the light of day in in 2020. If there's a meteor headed our way, please wait until I see Halloween bangs. Yes. Yeah, this would be if I came down with some horrible illness and this is my make-a-wish. This is my make-a-wish. Kyle Richards to bring me the DVD in the hospital. (laughs) Oh. Could you imagine? I mean, dare to I'm so proud of Kyle. <laughs> I love her. She produced those TV shows. She did make made Real Housewives of Beverly Hills happen. She produced. She's doing. She's starring in Halloween Bangs. Mm-hmm. Uh, star of the car. Star you, of the car. You might think the car is the star of the car, but no, you'd be wrong. It's Kim and Kyle Richards. Her whole family hates her. Her husband cons real estate people, and I love them. <laughs> like, my favorites. I love Kyle Richards. Can't help it. Are you going to get the tattoo, though? Of Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm going to get bangs tattooed on my forehead so I look just like Kyle Richards. <laughs> so Stacy and I have made a pact that now that now that um we are the legal guardians of <laughs> Halloween bangs, we're going to be front row at the I mean, we're going to we're actually going to host the red carpet and the live show Absolutely. Um, at the premiere. Mm-hmm. And Stacy's gonna have the bangs tattooed on the forehead, <laughs> and I'm getting a full—I'm getting a full Curse of Thorn face tattoo. <laughs> and now, Halloween bangs is our new Suspiria. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I care about. That's all I care about. Watch, she's gonna be in it for 15 seconds. Like I said, they're gonna do a drive-by. Seconds. 15 seconds. Oh well. I just want her to be, I just want her to be the star. Like, it's going to be the lineup of the ladies at the end. Or, like, the the granddaughter's injured. Judy Greer probably got killed midway through the movie. Lori is about to get it. And then Lindsay's like, hey, you son of a bitch. And then shotgun to the head. And her the tassels on her fringe jacket go in slow motion with the oh power of the shotgun. God, I, I wish I wasn't joking when I said I just got full body goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> literally did i it's all i want it's 2020 is looking kind of up now it's the only it's the only light at the end of the it's the only pinprick of light at the end of an endless pitch black tunnel well beyond the 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 shining beacon of light that is great value slashers month that's true. Event, Duh. season, that... year, <laughs> fortnight. <laughs> New podcast. <laughs> That's true. Here we are in week two of our Great Value Slashers event. Uh, wherein we talk about slashers that are not, they fall outside of the franchises mm-hmm. that you know and love. Slashers of varying budgets, varying quality. For mm-hmm. sure. As they're all la- kind of little weirdos. They're all kind of little weirdos. Um, last week we talked about Don't Go in the Woods Alone. Oh, damn, what a good movie. Anthony's life was changed. I still, I, I still can't get over it. Yeah. <laughs> this week we're talking about a movie that you might say is better in terms of budget, quality, acting. It could be argued yes it, it could be. be argued that this is this one is on the sort of higher end of your great value slasher scale yeah this is definitely more top upper tier this upper is tier. upper tier upper tier and of course we are talking about the house on sorority row oh 1983 baby 1983 great I year mean, for slashers a really great year for slashers um I've always really liked this movie, and I don't know if it deserves it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Um, here's my confession, Stacy. This is my a first time view for me. Really? Yes. Oh, I did not know. Yes, I have seen bits here and there. I have seen um, the esteemed re- remake featuring one uh, uh, Madam Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I actually enjoyed for what it was. Uh, Carrie Fisher was great with that shotgun. See? Shotgun. <laughs> put a cowboy hat on her. Oh, and Fringe, too. 
But this, so this was my first time view with House on Sorority Row, uh, which has been at the top of my list for years. I've just never got around to it. Yeah. Totally different from what I expected. Yes. So strange. Very strange. Uh, and I think, I think overall I liked it. <laughs> I really, this was one where I really dialed into moments. It's a moments kind of movie. Yeah. I mean, the cover, folks, if you've ever seen the cover art for this movie or the poster, it definitely gets you thinking it's going to be <clears throat> a lot seedier than it is. And that's that was the big place of disconnect for me with this first time view was all I really knew was that the cover and then like the clip that I have seen on Final Girl and on your Instagram, and, <laughs> yeah. which we will get to. Yes. One of the greatest characters and line readings of all time. Yeah. Uh, but that, so that was the extent of my knowledge really, besides knowing that um, one queen of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Eileen Davidson, who also worked with Kyle Richards, um, was also in it. Speaking of Kyle Richards. Speaking of our Queen Kyle. We have another housewife here. Yeah, it's the cover is like a young lady in torn lingerie who's like, oh, is my breast almost falling out? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to cover it up, but only part of it. It's very pulpy. Very pulpy, very risque. And there are bare breasts in this movie. But mm-hmm. but it doesn't have that sort of seedy charm. It's not, um, it doesn't have the scuzziness of a sleepaway camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not all sexed up like some other movies. It's, uh, I think it strives to be a little classier. Yeah. If I dare say, and if I dare say that about a movie that does feature a decapitated head in a toilet. Yeah, it is. It is a little classier. And it's it's very weird. It's very strange. It's a little stranger than a lot of these slashers. Right. It just goes into some weird territory. Yeah. It has moments of pure slasherdom. Yes. Um, There are some deaths that are kind of graphic. There's some a lot of blood. I mean, there's a head in a toilet, you know. Mm-hmm. But also it tries to be a little more mysterious and a little more of a character study or something. And it's just, I don't know that it always, it feels like it's fighting with itself over what it wants to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's like three different movies in here. Yeah. And so my knee jerk reaction is always like, oh, House of Sorority Row. I fucking love that movie. Watching it last night. I like it. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I could, like, I expect it to be like, this is going to be a new favorite slasher. Yeah. Um, and then, and this is going to be those like, wow, how have I never seen the slashers? And I'm like, okay, I see how I've never seen it. Right. Which is too bad because I love the cast of characters. That's what I have to say. I mean, that's my addendum to all the bullshit I've said is that these women in this movie are fantastic. They really are. Like, that's, I think one thing that separates it is that the caliber of acting Yes, is the better. acting is really good. These women in this film have gone on to have extended careers in acting. Yeah, and they're they're all queens. I really enjoyed, like, every character has a very unique personality, which you also don't really get. You don't, I mean, you could, you could, you could tell, like, who's wearing the Space Babe shirt or who's wearing, you know, but, like, in this, it's like, they're each, it's so easy to distinguish each character. Yes. 
Um, and they're there. I really was rooting for all of them. I really enjoyed all of them. And they felt they felt in a very Black Christmas way, actually. Yes, it, there are definitely it, parallels to Black Christmas. Yeah, it felt very Black Christmas to me in that respect with the how it handled these women and their relationships. Well, we should tell them what it's about. Yeah, what's know. it about? Well, it's your classic, we killed somebody, let's <laughs> not tell. Oops. <laughs> Whoa, didn't mean to kill that person, but let's not tell anybody because it'll ruin our futures. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, it's your, I know what you did last summer, that classic kind of, yeah. it's never the right decision. Yeah, we it's, got a party to throw. Right, it's it's ninety percent of J plus horror mm-hmm. movies. You know, you kill somebody and you try to cover it up, and it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, it is so <clears throat> graduation time at college university. <laughs> one of the uh, more accredited, <laughs> one of the most accredited schools yeah. out there. Yeah, uh, and we have our seven sorority sisters. Who have decided to uh, stay at the school for another week or so. They're going to throw a banger of a graduation party. Mrs. Slater, the house mother. Oh my god. Who is no Mrs. Mack. She is not the easygoing Mrs. Mack of Black Christmas. No. Mrs. Mrs. Slater is uptight. And wants everybody out. By a certain date. And how dare they drink in the sorority house, et cetera, et cetera. She's a bitch, she's a bitch right? Like She's a monster. <laughs> she's a monster. So they decide what they're going to do is they're going to play a prank on her. Um, bada boom, bada boom, she ends up dead. Yeah. In the in the disgusting pool that no one has cleaned for years. Well, uh, it was a it was a fitting payback because I mean th- she had to die because of the waterbed drama. I mean, this whole, she did call me. <laughs> this whole movie revolves around an incident with a waterbed. <laughs> yeah, which, which tells you what, when it was made. So uh, they go have the party, um, but then the body goes missing. They think Mrs. Slater has come back. One by one, the girls are kind of picked off. Uh, is it Mrs. Slater? Is it not Mrs. Slater? Do you want the movie spoiled for you? <laughs> this is the question you should ask yourself right now <laughs> press pause really consider this consider this because it's a bombshell of a reveal <laughs> in the prologue which takes place in 1961 we see a younger mrs slater having a baby and i said to myself uh i mean i've always said this to myself not for me having a baby. I no. saw, I see, this is not meant to be offensive to all, including my mother, the people in the world who have given birth. But I see one of those pregnant stomachs that's like ready to pop. It, it's I, like, mm-mm. I feel my blood turn to ice. It was like alien, like in this, the, that opening shot with the that belt, that baby belt, that was like alien, right? Like that yeah. was, that was the squid in Prometheus. I just, I get it. Uh, it just seems like the most unnatural thing in the world to me, <laughs> even though it's like the most natural. Is just, it? That's what they say. Well, Annabelle the, would have some things to say about that. Annabelle would have. You cannot, uh, yeah. Whatever, Annabelle, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she gives birth, the baby dies, or does it? No, it doesn't. 
she's keeping the baby in the attic, except now that it's 24 years later, that baby is no longer a baby. It's a 24-year-old baby. (laughs) What? (laughs) And it's angry and has problems developmentally. Yeah. And like a Jason Voorhees, he saw his mom get killed out back, and he took revenge by killing all the girls in the house. With a very, very, very sharp cane. Yes, with his mother's cane. And then the movie just ends very abruptly, very strangely. Yeah. But it's also another parallel to Black Christmas, which we will get to, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of Black Christmas vibes. So I feel like that's kind of, that's the gist of it. Yeah, that's the whole, that's the whole movie, yeah. 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 Good enough. Go look it up on Wikipedia if that's not good enough for you. Yeah, if you need your detailed plot synopsis because you're a nerd. (laughs) That's right. I'm freeform in here. (laughs) Whatever that means. I'm like a, no. Anyway. Yes? I was grateful that the opening um, flashback to 1961 was in black and white so that we know it was old. Well, how else could you tell? I couldn't tell. Honestly, I was like, is it just because they can't change her hair? Like, (laughs) people don't need to see that it's white yet. Uh, yeah, uh, the, first of all, Mrs. Slater. Mrs. Slater. I sent you that text and I was right, wasn't I? I was screaming. I was (laughs) screaming and then I had to pause it and tell Jason. (laughs) Because I just, it's, it's that thing of you, you can't unsee it, you know? I mean, listeners, I had the revelation while watching this movie that Mrs. Slater looks exactly like modern day Meg Tilly. Like doppelganger status. Yeah. Like I texted Anthony and I said something like Mrs. Slater is giving modern day Meg Tilly vibes and I hate it. (laughs) And then a moment later upon further consideration I said it's more than vibes. It's like Meg Tilly fucking time traveled back to play Mrs. Slater in this movie. It really is. And I just texted you back and I was like oh I haven't started the movie yet lol. (laughs) And (laughs) And then watching it oh my god. I, I lost mean, my mom. It it's uncanny. It's unfucking canny. I mean, all the way down to the haircut, her face, her facial expressions, and and mm-hmm. and every every feature about her. Mm-hmm. And if listeners, if you need any backstory on modern day Meg Tilly, uh, besides just going to her Instagram and and look, it's it's such a delight. She's such a treasure. But if you need Gaylord's backstory, go back and listen to our One Dark Night episode. Um. In which we address Stacy's relationship with modern day Meg Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> so I was having confusing feelings during House on Sorority Row. She Ang- is there was anger, on. there was shame, there was anger. It's <laughs> crying in the shower. There was crying. I took a, I paused it and took a shower just so I could cry. <laughs> So there's a lot put on House and Sorority Row, but my God. It is nuts. It is it's, so nuts. She is 100% Meg Tilly. Like, they, yeah. there's no way that she didn't, they didn't have the blue Terminator time travel sphere and she fell out of it <laughs> on the set. And they're like, just wrap her in some towels. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's so weird. True. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, whatever. Mrs. Slater, yeah, she's the opposite of Mrs. Mack from Black Christmas. 100%. Real uptight. Like the rival burlesque performer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whose career went a very different way. She's got her secret up in the attic where she has kept her son's playroom intact for 25 years, 24 years. Yep. Complete with the giant dress-up jack-in-the-box costume. Who knows what they get up to? Because all the girls got to be out of the house by his birthday so that she can celebrate in peace. Yes. It's weird. Mrs. Slater's weird. Why does she... Why does she keep him in the house that is also a sorority house? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, there are definite questions. Why does he have to be a secret? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, shame. Well, shame. There's that. That said, I do love a secret tenant. Oh, well, he's a type of wall person. He's almost sure. a wall person. He is. Almost, you're right. Yeah. He's wall person adjacent. And oh, I really like that. I love a wall person. Yeah. But the real story of House and Sorority Row is the seven sisters. The seven sorority sisters. Katie, our final girl, who I always think is played by Leslie Donaldson, and she never is. Leslie Donaldson, Mm -hmm. of course, of Funeral Home and Curtains. She's the ice skater who gets killed. Oh, man, such a good scene. Such a good scene. Uh, But that's not Leslie Donaldson. So just FYI, everybody, don't make the same mistake I do, which is every time you watch this movie, you're like, oh, Leslie Donaldson. And then a second later, you say, oh, not Leslie Donaldson. It's just every every time this happens. Now, next time I watch this movie, I'll be like, oh, Meg Tilly. Oh, Leslie Donaldson. What's what's next? And then she turns on the shower, steps inside. (laughs) (laughs) has a good cry has a good cry yeah we've Um, got yeah oh yes please eileen motherfucking davidson as vicky as the mean girl alpha vicky what a first of all time out what a babe eileen we we had to like take a moment just to admire the fact because she's current she's with um uh vincent van patten vince van patten vince yeah and um, Dick Van Patten's son, and we were both like, we had to stop and be like, okay, wait, this is 1983. So this was, she was that level of babe, and he was also being that level of babe in Hell Night, like at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we're like just imagining the cold, the, the, I mean, yes, it's heterosexual, so it's gross, but like the sexual nuclear fusion of those two. Yeah. Such smoke and babes. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? And she's terrific in this. She's, she's a really good girl. She's such a good actor. Yeah. I love Eileen Davidson. Mm-hmm. I can't sing her praises enough. I was so excited to get to see her in a movie because I've only seen her on Real Housewives and in the clips that they show on Real Housewives of her soap. Because she's been, she's like doing, does like two soaps at a time and has been doing that for like 25 or 30 years. Crazy. And then when she's not also being a great actor, because you have to be, like, really hardcore of an actor to do a soap opera. Oh, I've got super admiration for soap actors. That's a hard job, man. It's, like, the hardest acting you get out there, because, like, you get the pages literally as you walk on set, like, to shoot. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they're doing that every single day, all day. Um, But she's, like, but then you get to watch her in this movie, and it's, like, she's a fucking amazing actor. She's Mm -hmm. so, and it's so funny because it's so against her type. Because she's such a, 
like on Real Housewives, I mean, that's why she's such a breath of fresh air on Beverly Hills, because she was the only person that was, like, genuine and not crazy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And she was very sweet and supportive and just real and very, Mm -hmm. like, emotionally honest and open with everybody about what's going on. And Vicky (laughs) is the opposite of that. Yeah. Vicky is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, she's the one who doesn't want to give, you know, admit to anything. She's the one who had the gun from her boyfriend and, you know, had the prank where Katie was like, no, we don't want to do that prank. That's too much. And Vicky's like, Mrs. Slater's a bitch. Yeah. She needs to have a prank pull on her. <laughs> she you slashed know. my water bread or water bed. Let's fucking shoot her. Yeah. <laughs> In her yeah. blue jumpsuit and those <laughs> cowboy boots. <laughs> Yeah. God, she's great. great. That's what I really, I mean, the cast is really what, like, the characters in this one, I do love them. Even though they don't, there's not a lot to most of them. But then you have, you have Vicky and you have Diane, who's the sort of Barb from Black Christmas type of sardonic, kind of real salt of the earth girl. She's the one, everyone else is in, like, white frillies and she's wearing the CBGB t-shirt. Diane's the lesbian, right? I hope so, because that is Harley Jane Kozak of Television Santa Barbara, who... Did I I have a crush when I was a teenager? Absolutely. Uh, She's a very familiar face, if you watch a lot of stuff. She's, you know, soap operas and shows, and she's been in a ton of movies. Hmm. Um, But yeah, if any of them is the lesbian, it's her. It's Diane. I definitely read her as the lesbian in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's very Barb-esque yes. for Black Christmas. Yes. Absolutely. But, like, she get like, a lot of the, the death scenes, like, her death scene, I don't know, they're they're short. They're not extended sequences. They're really fast. They just... They're very fast. Which was actually, I mean, that was an issue I had with the remake, and it's funny that it's, like, almost exactly the same in this one, too. Especially for 1983, it's really quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some, it's not always explicit. Like, some of them are stabbed. Like, there's one that takes place in silhouette. Yeah. And you get the idea. It's not, like, any less uh, gruesome. Like, she gets stabbed in the face with the cane. But yeah, you see it up. in silhouette. It's fucked up. Um, but then we do see the aftermath. The head in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, the head in the toilet was great. Yeah. That was a nice shot. I mean, this movie is beautiful, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I watched the new restoration, whatever thing on Blu-ray, and it was it's gorgeous. And the colors and lighting, it's really well made. Yeah. There's a sequence where Katie has been drugged by Mrs. Slater's doctor. She Katie ends up finding Mrs. Slater's medical alert necklace or bracelet or whatever. Her life alert. <laughs> her life alert, basically. <laughs> she calls the number on it. The doctor who delivered her baby shows up because, you know, Mrs. Slater took some brain damage during childbirth and has been slowly eroding towards psychosis. It's a whole thing. And she's also had like a billion attempts at babies before that. And was like a whole with the black and white. It just feels like a weird fifties sci-fi experiment thing. Yeah. Well, he was doing experimental in vitro on these people. Yeah. She, she was the last one that he did. And it's a whole thing. And she was like 60 when she had the baby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I guess that uh, the erosion of your cerebral cortex that could cause you to become a homicidal maniac. That's something they don't tell you. In mm-hmm. sex ed. Mm-hmm. Danger. There you go. Th- this could happen. It's but I, you know, personally, I'm like, see, 
Told you it was bad news. <laughs> All those having those babies. Uh-uh. Never the right call, except for my mom. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it, you know, they all die really quickly. Oh, yeah. So Katie gets drugged because the doctor wants to use her as bait so that he can lure the man child out and tranquilize. It's complicated. Yeah, he has to set her in a nice pink couch with really great pink lighting. Yeah, but (laughs) Katie starts hallucinating like there's some hallucinations. That sequence was a fantastic it was really great. Where they're she, just like all like doing a weird janky like um they just keep blipping in and out of the frame and, and being superimposed as a cane just like spins and dances and they're all walking weird. I was like, what is this weird like yellow submarine scene? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's like all her dead friends coming back to kind of haunt her and like because she feels guilty over the fact that she didn't go to the police right away when it happened with Mrs. Slater. Yeah, and they're all just standing there bloody staring at her and dancing around and spinning and <laughs> blipping in and out of existence it's so weird yeah it's really weird so there's little touches that really set this movie apart yeah yeah for sure um but it almost feels slasher adjacent almost you know um because it's trying to be more of a like a diabolique or something it's it's trying to be classier than maybe it should but i think it mostly works yeah yeah i think even just talking about it i'm appreciating it more and more yeah, it's trying but to I, do something different, which is laudable for 1983, especially when you have to resort to having that sort of sleazy cover poster art to get people to go to your movie. Yeah, even and even that title, House on Sorority Row, like you're, it feels like you're going to be watching like pillow fights and panties yes. and blood everywhere. Right. And this yes. is not that movie at all. Yeah. So I, I definitely appreciate that. Yeah. Um, f- fans who are looking for crazy slasher stuff, keep on looking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is not that movie. This is not that movie. The killer isn't revealed until like the final moments, kind of a Friday the 13th sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the movie really just ends. Like Katie stabs him and he falls down a ladder and she thinks he's dead. But then he opens his eyes. And that's the end of the movie. Yep. That's it. So there Katie's could... probably going to get killed because she's stuck up in the attic. Mm-hmm. And is like knocked out. Yeah. So it's it's like Black Christmas in that regard of like, oh, she yeah. thinks she's safe, but she's not. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of DNA in this movie where it's like very, um, very much coming from Black Christmas DNA, but then also sort of establishing more of that vibe of the prank gone wrong it seems mm-hmm. pretty formative and even all the way down to like i was like as i was watching it's like oh this is where scream queens came from like i love that show i'm like oh the sorority prank at the party and all this thing and i was like oh this is where it came from hmm. um yeah yeah so do you feel like your life has changed now that you've seen it? No, I just love Eileen so much. <laughs> yeah, she's really it, terrific at that. I just have to say I love I love all the women in the movie. And that's what I think the fondest about with this movie was I just yes. love all those actors. They're so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. They're the highlight. They're great. Mrs. Slater is a great um, 
old biddy. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. Eileen uh, is uh, Vicky is one of my new favorite mean girls, um, and I just love Eileen. Katie was a great final girl. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought Diane was a fantastic lesbian. Um, <laughs> but everybody, even like Jeannie, I I just Jeannie had like kind of a sincerity and a nerdiness to her. Yeah, I think I it's really also loved. telling that these they just graduated from college. Yeah. So even though it doesn't seem like a huge difference in terms of age, they are a little more mature. You know, when we first meet them, they're talking about where they're going to go from here. And some of them are like, oh, I got a job. Like they're about to embark on their careers or Mm -hmm. whatever it is they're going to do. So they're at an interesting, they're adults more than, say, their counterparts in like Friday the 13th or something. Yeah. Yeah. And they like each other, which helps. They like each other friends, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Which they, is nice. They don't have like a giant falling out and all hate Vicky over Vicky um being like killing Mrs. Slater. <laughs> and then and then they're like, Okay, quick girls, we gotta get ready for this party. So let's wrap the body in a towel, in one towel. <laughs> weigh her down yeah they i mean they're not the greatest group of thinkers like you do not want any of them on your side when you have to get rid of a body because they're like well we'll put it in the pool and then they find the body later and they're like well let's put it in a dumpster (laughs) roll the dumpster to the old cemetery and then just yeah and then just throw the body in an open grave no one's gonna know yeah no one's gonna notice no one's gonna know so they, uh, I'm not surprised that none of it worked out for them, honestly. Yeah. yeah, that's true. They didn't have the best game plan. Yeah. But um, I do like how concerned they were through the whole party. They were all worried about what was going on. They were okay. keeping tabs on each other. How? But when they're also in tune with the Force. Like, they, they've clearly, they're all in tune with each other. Like, we know we know this, <laughs> that, like, women sink, right? It's very, you know. It's because yeah, of their periods. As, yes, as emotional entities. Um, but then, like, they're all in tune with, they're all, like, Jedi users, Force users, too. Because then there's that part where uh, those, like, three dudes, like, get down to their tiny whities and go just decide to get in the really gross fucking pool. And they, like, turn on the pool light. And then at the party, like, the pool is quite a ways away from the house. Yes. And yet somehow at the party, every every one of the sorority girls, like, they, they, like, they all, like, get the face and they look off at each other. And then they all, like, they, like, they have felt something in the force. They know that the pool light's on and that the body will be found. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of them, the first girl, you can kind of see the pool light through the window. Kind of. Kind of. But then she mentally communicates to everybody else. And they all look up. (laughs) And they all know. Yeah. It's like it's like birds on a power line suddenly becoming aware like there's gonna be an earthquake. Like they just all know. (laughs) Yeah. And then they all run to the pool, which is like twenty yards away from the house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's to this movie's credit that the girls are all so charming. They're Um, really great. They're really great. It's one of, uh, my fa- one of my favorite casts, I think, for a slasher. Including Morgan. Oh, my God. Who is everything. Right? I love her so much. I mean, I assume that her, dur- like, she's the ding dong, right? Like, she's the not so bright one. No, and she, she's, God, all the way, even just to her death scene, like, 
that Jack in the Box that just made her so happy. <laughs> she's just yeah. winding up that Jack in the Box, and she's just so happy and she's... so like it's mind blowing for her that this thing exists. Yeah, she is dazzled, just smiling and laughing. And I was so sad for her. Like, I was so sad that, that she dies, but I was like, you know what? She died so happy with that jack-in-the-box. She was really happy. Like, she she goes into her bedroom earlier, and she changes into her bizarre, like, salsa nighty. Like, her, her, <laughs> her, her, uh... Like competitive dance nighty, she <laughs> puts that on, and then like her balcony doors just fly open, and she just doesn't react, just walks up to it smiling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love her. Yeah, not to mention the greatest line reading. Oh my god! Of all time. Of all time. In when... in which everyone is freaking out in the kitchen over whether or not Mrs. Slater is dead. <laughs> And then Morgan just says, but how do we know she is alive? <laughs> oh, Angel. How do we know she is alive? <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> so good. We need to post it. We'll post yeah, the video. Yeah, we'll it post is it. The best. It is the best. Yeah. And that's, I mean, even... That's a big part of why I was expecting a very different movie is I'm like, a yes. movie with that line reading. Right. You like, are expecting Don't Go in the Woods Alone. I'm expecting Don't Go in the Woods Alone. I'm expecting even like uh, um, Sorority House Massacre 3. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm expecting like that, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not thinking. That's understandable. That's understandable. But then I, I'm like... So I was really even blown away where I'm like, oh, this is like an intentional choice. But is it? <laughs> but also I love yeah. her. Yeah. I love I, her. I, th- I think it's a choice. I think it's a choice. How do we know she is alive? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a choice. And the look of concern on her face as she says it. God. She's, but she's blinking furiously. How do we know she <laughs> Oh, it's perfect. So amazing. Yeah. Just I a, do love, damn it, I do love this movie. It's a great fucking movie. <laughs> it's so, why don't I love it? It's so fucking weird. It's really weird. I just think that the kills, like those sequences, when it works and it's scary and all of that, like the scene where we find out that Alex, right, that's his, her son's name, yeah, is in the full body jacket. The giant jack in the box and she's right next to him waiting she's for the ri- killer to walk up in the attic. Yeah, like that's a great fucking shot. That was scary. It's scary. I think it's just, uh, the kills are a little, they're too quick. Yeah. It could use a little boost in all those departments, but There's in no... all the non... It's strange to say that, like, in a slasher movie, that the non-murders, like, that's the highlight. Yeah, kind of no, it. for real, though. Yeah. There's no, like, big chase scene, really. Right. Like, they, like we thought there was... Jason and I thought there was going to be a big... We were like, oh, yay, Jeannie gets to do something. She gets the big Sarah Michelle Gellar chase scene. And it's right. like, oh, no, she just shut the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, like everybody kind of just goes somewhere and gets stabbed. Basically. Yeah, it's really fat. Like Diane, you don't even see, like we just see the cane go through Diane's like weird zombie hand because the effects are really janky. 
Yeah. Uh, we just see that, and then it cuts away, and then we assume she's dead. Right. Um, that bummed me out. She yeah, deserves was... a better death. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, mean, I think, I guess Jeannie actually probably got the the most. Yeah. Well, at least with the toilet after the after yeah. shot. But, um, but otherwise it's pretty light. <laughs> and then there's, like, the random first kill, which is like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some poor sap who unfortunately, like, went outside. Yeah, and he's, like, talking to himself about squirrels jumping up on his dick when he pees out in the forest. Like, it doesn't make any sense, and then he just gets caned. And he's one of the most graphic kills. Yeah, and it's the the first one. It's the first one. Um, Oh, Eileen did get a good one, but it was still really fast. Yeah. But that, that cane handle to the eye was pretty gnarly. Yeah. It's like they probably just didn't have the budget to make them really yeah. explicit, like, yeah. Tom Savini stuff, you know? Like, they get, um, with, uh, fuck, was it Stevie that, was it Stevie that does the, gets their throat slashed in the car? Or was that? No, Stevie was the stewardess who got, got the cane in the face and oh, so wet. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, whoever but, was it with the, yeah. the throat slash? Yeah. Um, like that, you can, I don't know, like, I was kind of surprised that they even had the, they even showed the throat getting slashed because I, th- so far they had showed nothing really. And so yeah. I just assumed they didn't have any budget for effects makeup. But then even that just looks like pretty cheap. And it's the same with Diane's like weird putty, her hand made out of gray putty that gets the <laughs> through it. Yeah. Like I just, yeah. yeah, I don't think there was a budget for that. But then, I mean, yeah. but then they were also... Clearly spending that budget on some good actors and filming on location in, like, Maryland. And, right. Uh, the, and the lighting and the cinematography is beautiful. And mm-hmm. um, so it makes up for it in other ways. It's just, yeah. As Absolutely. A, as a slasher, it's a little, it's just different. But it's so weird. But maybe I fucking love that now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, I, I think audiences are going to have expectations going into this movie. Just because it also is just lumped in with slashers. Yeah. So it's hard when they're almost completely slashers you know yeah because on the surface of it it's like oh a bunch of college girls get killed okay mm-hmm. like it's a slasher movie it's a 1983 slasher movie but then i just i i do think it's elevated a little bit that's all yeah yeah i agree whether that's to your tastes maybe if you know what to expect you'll be more into it that it's more of a thriller it's more of a it's like if diabolique and a slasher movie had a baby, it would be House and Sorority Row. Yes, absolutely. You know. Absolutely. So, so there you go. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time, actually. It was good. Yeah. Those Yay. ladies. Fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Love those ladies. Love those ladies. Love those ladies. Mm. Love Great Value Slashers. I'm so here for them. They make me so happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow, do we have a listener question today, Stacey? We have two questions, and I just realized (laughs) that one of them, I thought the question was something else, and so (laughs) we'll see how that goes. I'm so excited. Um, This is really, this is some kismet. Uh, Our first question comes from Mr. Mateo, who asks, if you could have a Real Housewives show in any horror setting such as Salem's Lot, where would it be? And our second question comes from Mats, our pal Mats. You get the chance to do a remake of Slumber Party Massacre featuring an all-real Housewives cast. Who would get which part? 
I'm just so grateful that our listeners understand us. You know, honestly, <laughs> we have the best listeners. <laughs> it makes me so happy. What other <laughs> horror podcast is getting asked questions about Real Housewives? <laughs> it's so true. <sighs> God bless I you, th- I thought Matt's question was just like... A remake of a horror movie. I forgot that it was specifically to Slumber Party. Man. Oh, well, that's great, though, because then I'll vary our answers. Yeah. So my I kind of combined the two of them. I, I mean, I guess I cheated a little bit because it's just, well, whatever. My answer is uh, The Wicker Man. <gasps> the Real Housewives of Summer Basically, Isle? Yeah, The Real Housewives <laughs> of Summer Isle. <laughs> That's amazing. Because I just thought, and I was imagining casts from several iterations yes. of The Real Housewives. Because no matter where they are, they're kind of like slasher movies. They kind of always have the same archetypes. Yeah, you know? absolutely. There's the there's al- the mean girl alpha. Mean girl alpha who there's like, sometimes she's also the one, but sometimes it's another person who is... The mean girl who starts all the shit, but then somehow never gets any of the blame for starting the shit. Mm-hmm. She's always seen as like above the shit, even though she's the biggest shit stirrer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she knows how to hack the drama. Um, there's the dumb dumb, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like there's always a dumb dumb. How do we know she is alive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got the ones with careers outside of Real Housewives. And they're the generally the most well-adjusted. Yeah, your Kyle Richards and your Kyle Richards, your Eileen Davidsons, mm-hmm, yes. your your Candy Burris from uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, who of course wrote the iconic song "No Scrubs." Like, yeah, she doesn't she doesn't need Real Housewives. It's those that are the they're the most well-adjusted who are the ones who are shaking their heads at everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you've got the clowns. Love a clown. Love a clown. The Lisa Rinna's. <laughs> Lisa Rinna's, the Nini Leaks, who's also like the shit stirrer alpha. Yeah. But who's so funny. Um, and so I just thought if we had a Summer Isle kind of thing, like basically I wanted like Battle Royale, you know. Oh my God. Yes. I'm just imagining them all in this like secluded society where they don't have any husbands to distract themselves with or to rely on or anything else. Wait, so is this the Nicolas Cage Wicker this Man? This is the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man. The all women con- The like, all commune. women Sister Beach <laughs> Summer Isle. Yes. Summer Isle. Yes. Where it's like the Real Housewives society because I'm just like who would survive and what would be left of them? <laughs> Like, how would these women function if you have archetype versus archetype? Because you have Beverly Hills and Atlanta and New York and New Jersey. So all the archetypes are going to be there with each other. Who's going to be Ellen Burstyn running the day spa? Yeah, who is, yeah, who is, who is the proper Lord Summer Isle? Which one? Who's the proper Lord Summer Isle? Who's going to emerge? And how would they function when, yeah, there's like there's you're not taking your weekend trip to Cabo that you just decided to go on a vacation to Cabo and uh, everybody's going with you. It's like you're stuck mm-hmm. in Summer Isle. So I think that could be interesting. I'm here for it. That's my I, answer. That's all I want ever. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, just like the Real Housewives of, of Summer Isle, just the mega show. That's Who's Sister everybody. Beach? <sighs> Who is Sister Beach? I'm Sister Beach. <laughs> now, why would you go and do a thing who's, like that? Who's like, who's the Sister Beach of any Housewives show? Like, is there a Sister Beach? I would say, well, in Beverly Hills, which I mean, all I really know is Beverly Hills, but I would say, um, uh, Adrian Maloof would be Sister Beach. Oh, there you go. Because, like, she's a little gruff and, like, she's right. no, b- small business. Well, not small business. She's a big business owner and no nonsense. Right. Not afraid to 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 cut people down. I'll allow it. I could see that Adrian works for me. Being yeah. like, I'm Sister Adrian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why would you go and do a thing like that? And just imagine the entertainment at this. God, that would be amazing. At the Summer Isle, Summer Isle Nights. You know, Summer Isle After Dark. What goes <laughs> out at the club where they're all stuck listening to Erica Jane and Countess Luann for all eternity. Lisa Renna's doing her dance. Candy Burris throws herself off the nearest cliff. <laughs> she's like, I fucking have my own shit. I have my own band. I work with TLC. Like, and she's got to listen to counting money can't buy your class. <laughs> I know now we're doing karaoke <laughs> the next time you're here. Yeah. <laughs> right? This, this one goes out to my it. sisters on Summer Isle! <laughs> 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 yeah, so that's 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 my answer. There that's amazing. Yeah. I um I also thought Summer Isle, actually. Oh. Um, although now I'm like thinking, just when you said Battle Royale, now I'm just imagining all of the housewives on an island with those collars around their necks. Yeah. <laughs> just having a, who would who would who's the most devious, schemier? Probably Lisa Vanderpump. Like oh, Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah, she would get really close to to be. She'd get really close. Like if you follow the Battle Royale rules, she would be like almost last. But then like. Like Teddy Mellencamp or somebody more chill would yeah, would be yeah. the survivor. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I said I said Summer Isle was one of my thoughts because this one like the location was really hard for me. Just thinking of because it's like uh I mean what what would Elm Street be? That's just the moms of the kid <laughs> like you know like or uh what Real Housewives of um. Uh, what when Scream was at Woodsboro? Like, what? Well, that's that's just Sid's mom. Like, she's the only Real Housewife right. they had. Like, there's Real Housewives of Crystal Lake. Yeah, yeah. It's just Mrs. Voorhees. Okay, well, that's an argument. But yeah. so I, I just got lazy. So I was like, well, I think I think Summer Isle, but I didn't think of it like you did with full on casting all of them on Summer Isle, which now that's all I want. Um, so I was like, well, the obvious answer then, the, but it's also just the cheap, lazy answer. It's like, well, Real Housewives of Stepford would be a fun right. thing. Right. Um, yeah. But would it be fun because then they wouldn't have any of their personalities? That's uh, true. So my real, real answer is something I've been talking about for years, but it's not even horror related. But it is genre. What I really want to see like, I know there's, like, the Hot Wives of Atlanta and those, like, parody shows of Real Housewives. What I want to see is, like, they're doing, you know, they're, they they have Star Trek Discovery, right? They have Picard. <laughs> like, they're doing all these new things. Imagine the Real Housewives of Betazoid. And it's <laughs> Luxana Troy 
Um, hello, Queen B, <laughs> Deanna Troy. Like we could get um, uh, um. Oh my God, who's the who's the doctor on the Enterprise or on? Uh, Beverly Crusher. Thank you, Crusher. Like this... AKA Doctor Reba McIntyre. Yes, Crusher would be like Camille Grammer. Like she's always guesting on it, <laughs> even though she's not from Betazoid. Like it would be so good. <laughs> so I really want Real Housewives of Betazoid. So uh, Jason Blum. Please, when you get what about in, Real Housewives, Real Housewives X, where they all have to go into space. <laughs> Lisa Vina has like robot lips. <laughs> yeah, it's just cybernetic enhancements. Yeah. Oh my god! One of them has been digitized and is in the cloud. <laughs> oh my god! That's hot. Yeah. So, so then, uh, with Matt's question of like, of if we're remaking Slumber Party Massacre with all housewives, right? Yes. I, and casting this, I was like, God, who the fuck would be who? So I'm like, okay, well, obviously Kyle is Trish, the star, right? Because I love Kyle. But then that begs, well, who would play Courtney, Kyle's younger sister? Well, I'm like, well, let's flip the the age, and mm. Kim will play Courtney because mm. I could totally see Kim playing that little horn dog, right? Yeah. Um. Uh, Valerie, Trisha's best friend, or the new girl slash friend slash co-final girl, I'd say Teddy Mellencamp, just because she's super chill and wise. Um, the Brink-Stevens role of Linda, who goes back to the house, or back to the school and gets killed. Um, just because I think, like, Brink-Stevens got to inhabit that role. So, like, you need a, you need a, a, somebody who's, like, a real personality for this character. Yes. Um, so you really sympathize with that first kill. I'm saying Lisa Renna. I think, could Lisa Renna mm. also be a good uh, Kim, a.k.a. Space Babe? Sure. But I'm going to say Lisa Renna. Yeah. I think I know who your Space Babe is. Well, my Space Babe, it's a toss-up, honestly, between who you think it is and Eileen Davidson. I think Eileen Davidson, after seeing her as Vicky, could also make mm. a great Kim. Hmm. Um, but then who you might have thought, I'm guessing you were talking about Erica Jane. Yes. Erica Jane is going to be, because I've seen her act, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I know she doesn't have the greatest range, but I know she has stage presence for days. Erica Jane. Like a peacock? Not a peacock. Erica Jane would make a fantastic telephone repair woman. Oh, Right? Bold. She would look bold. so good in that outfit. Like, it's not as big of a role as I would want for her, but I think she would be fucking killer as that telephone repair woman. Um, because she's sort of sensual and cool and, and chill. I'd cast Jackie as Camille Grammer. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Coach Jana would absolutely be Lisa Vanderpump. It would be a stretch to actually pretend she cares about any of them. Yeah, no kidding. But I would love to see Lisa Vanderpump run in. And then she dies. So it's like, okay, it's Lisa Vanderpump. So that's fine. Um, and then for, for Peacock, the killer, uh, I would cast... Alison Dubois of <laughs> television's Medium, who showed up in season, I think it was oh, season God. one. <laughs> we all know. And obviously I did cast only the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills characters right. because that's yeah. the only one I've really seen. But we all know if you've seen season one of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and if you haven't, you have to just watch this episode. Yeah. When they go to Camille Grammer's house, who Camille Grammer was sort of the villain of the first season, but that was just because Kelsey Grammer was um, 
terrorizing her life. And then she came back much more wise and, and a true final girl after that. Um, they, they go to Camille Grammer's house for a seance led by Alison Dubois, who inspired TV's medium and was portrayed by <laughs> an Arquette. She is a fucking monster. <laughs> Alison Dubois is from hell. <laughs> and that episode where she's just like drunk and and puffing on a fucking cigar <laughs> and and like curse like she's like hexing Kyle Richards and she's like yeah your marriage is gonna end in tears <laughs> and she's like she's like with that cigar she's like the fucking penguin like she's full on Burgess Meredith as the penguin just like quacking to herself as she hexes Kyle Richards I would love to see her dance around with that uh, giant drill and then. Be That's a good call. That's a real good call. Yeah, I want to see Kyle and Teddy and and Lisa Vanderpump and little Kim Richards take out <laughs> TV's Allison Dubois. <laughs> so perfect. Yeah, that's my Real Housewives fantasy. I love it. But see, imagine that world, Stacey, where we have we're Queen Diana, President Clinton. Um, we have Real Housewives of Betazoid. We have Real Housewives of Summer (laughs) Isle. There's also an entire Battle Royale franchise starring them. (laughs) And Alison Dubois running around like a peacock with a drill and a cigar hanging out of her mouth. Oh my god. And Kyle Richards is running that motherfucking bar and that fringe is flailing around in slow motion. Now I'm gonna have to get fringe tattooed on That's a tricky tattoo. <laughs> I want bangs up here. I want fringe on my arms and my chest. I love that you only get tattoos of like long dangly. Um, <laughs> you get static images tattooed on you of of long things that move. <laughs> Fabric like hair like things. That I that I could also just have. You could just wear. <laughs> I, yeah, I could just get a jacket. I could just get bangs. <laughs> But no, I want to commit more than that. It's like, it's not like people that tattoo on eyeliner. That's like if you were to tattoo on your eyelashes, like, <laughs> instead of just putting on fake eyelashes. Yeah. Or eyeballs. Or eyeballs. Yeah, you just tattoo the eyes. I'm going to get Kyle Richards' eyes tattooed onto my eyelids. And then I'm going to sneak onto the set of Halloween bangs and make sure it's done right. Well, they'll think you're her because you'll they'll have They'll think the bangs, I'm her. And all you well, have to do is close the eyes. And I mean, you just have to not walk into anybody or anything. <laughs> you take your service animal with you. You take and you say that you're dog watching for Lisa Vanderpump. Yes. That's how Perfect. you get on that set. This is my plan. This is a good plan. <laughs> How do you know she is Kim Richards? Kim Richards. <laughs> no one knows. Let's not tell. God. You're welcome. This is the women in horror. I mean, this is the the world we need. Women in horror. It, I mean, this is what people should be writing about in February. This is the kind of coverage that we deserve. <laughs> Women in Horror, it's coming up. Listen, we kickstarted it a little soon. A little soon. But, but actually, I mean... that reminds me, um, 
Women in Horror is coming up, and you've got, I mean, we should have opened the show with this, but we were just so excited thinking about Kyle Richards and that hat. <laughs> but you've got some awesome new, there's some a great thing on the horizon for, I mean, literally for Women in Horror. Not just for, but about and by. Yes. Uh, uh, women with Guts, right? Women with Guts uh, is a weekend conference, I guess you could say. A weekend of presentations and screenings, etc., put on by the folks at Salem Horror, yes. Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, it's May 8th through the 10th, a weekend of discussions, guests, and stuff. Um, I'm going to be there presenting about Annabelle. Oh, my God. Of course, giving a multimedia presentation on our inanimate, disgusting savior. And it's called? It is called I, Annabelle, courtesy of one Anthony Hudson. When I said, what am I going to call this thing? There it was, rolling off the tongue. <laughs> I, Annabelle. <laughs> Which you are creating a, I mean, this is a lecture, but you are creating like a full-on multimedia event. Yes, I want to do as much as they will allow. So, you know, PowerPoint or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's gonna... an overhead projector. I don't know. I better get my transparencies ready. <laughs> it's going to be real good. It's going to be real good. Um, our pal Alex West of yeah. Faculty of Horror podcast is giving a presentation about lurid landladies. God. Women, women property owners in horror. Man. Um, and Faculty of Horror, Andrea and Subasati is also going to be there. And Faculty of Horror is going to be recording a live episode of their podcast. Yes. So cool. Um, I mean, it's a great guest list. Uh, mm-hmm. Sadie Doyle, mm-hmm. author of Bad Blondes and what is it? Bad, Dead Blondes and Bad Mothers. Who's also giving a lecture on that um, based around the T-Rex and Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, Rebecca McKendry is going to be there. I don't know what she's doing yet. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Chelsea Stardust is going to be presenting Satanic her film Satanic Panic. It's such a fun movie. A Rebecca it's, Romaine is a Satanic high priestess. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be quite a weekend. May eighth through the tenth in Salem, Massachusetts. It's so fucking cool, and I am dying because I was so going to be there right there with you. And then uh, I'm having fucking opening night of my play. The, the same night that you're doing the Anna, I, Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Please, everyone go. It's going to be amazing. I If you're on the East Coast and you can get there, I think it's going to be worth it. And not, I'm not, not even the East I'm, Coast. If you're on any coast, you have to go to Well, this. that's true. That's true. I mean, you're in Salem. It's and, You know, they're also doing Salem Horror Fest in the first 10 days, week 10 days of, of October. Yep. Uh, but then this is the inaugural Women With Guts event. And I, I have to say, I don't know, Salem Horror Fest is fucking killing it. Uh, yeah. I have been watching them uh, since they started, and I've been really, like, I was really excited, I think, and I really got turned on to Salem Horror Fest, seeing that they were doing Faculty of Horror live shows. Yeah. Which is, like, a dream of mine to go to one. But then also, like, I don't know, last year they had all that drama with their venues, and... Like, they don't sh- shy away from politics. It's uh, it's a progressive festival yeah. with progressive politics. And basically their attitude is, if you don't like that, then we're not for you. Yeah. 
You know, they're about inclusivity. They want queer voices. They want women's voices. And they also have like, you know, Joe Bob Briggs is going to be at Salem Horror Fest. They don't disallow men. They don't disallow straight people or white people, et cetera, et cetera. But they have a progressive bent. Yeah, which is awesome. And and in horror, that's not often (laughs) a thing. Right, and festivals and conventions and stuff tend to shy away from that thing because they don't want to alienate ticket buyers. Mm-hmm. Um, in this workaday world, I say alienate away. Uh, workaday world of workaday women. <laughs> like, if it's not for you, it's not for you. That's fine. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. Also, just like as a... Because it's a relatively new festival. Like, last year was only the second year, I think. Um, it's really cool that like they're already branching out and opening it up to do this like all women in horror centered event. Right. And I, I honestly like can't think of like I've, I've heard like I think Adrian and Amy talked about a few conventions that they did that were more centered around women. But otherwise, like I have heard of very little like that. Yes. And it's just sound. it's just I mean, the level of FOMO I'm experiencing because this just feels like an event tailored for all of everything that interests me about horror. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I know. It sucks. You can't be there. I know. Either. So I my FOMO is at like all time high because there's literally no way I could even go. But but this just I mean, so hopefully this is just the beginning of many of these events. It's so cool. And um, yeah, Stacy, I'm so excited you're doing it. And I'm thrilled to be doing it. Gig. And with, yeah, I'm just so jealous, too, because I mean, not only do I want to go and nerd out and all these lectures and stuff, but like, I just want to hang out with everybody. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm excited. We're like, Alex and I were talking about it, that it's like our it's like a big slumber party. Oh my god! So <laughs> we all get to hang out. Just I mean, Facetime me in. I want to right. Facetime me. I just <laughs> yeah. want to say hi to everybody on Facetime. But to go back to the you know that it's a political festival. It's 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 in fucking Salem, Massachusetts. Like this is worked into the core of that city's history. Yeah, you know it's not necessarily. I mean, I don't know the history of Peoria, Illinois. But it's not what? Salem, Massachusetts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so I think the fact that they are so politically driven, et cetera, et cetera, and are putting on an event like this, where usually at conventions, women get relegated. It's starting to change now. But usually it's you get a panel. And it's like, oh, here's women in horror. And it's like a director, a writer, and a scream queen. It's just like, okay, we all have, we're all women. Yeah, that's 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 our commonality, you know, rather than just putting a woman director on the director's panel. It's yes. like we used to get ghettoized and like people of color get ghettoized and all yep. that. It's like, yeah, this is the these... story for all marginalized people <clears throat> at, in horror. And I mean, in the whole in every genre in the whole world. Yeah. And so it's like we're getting to a place where people are going to be mingling. So directors are just going to be directors of every stripe. Um, But for them to throw this whole event that's focused on women and focused on a more academic leaning mm-hmm. for horror also i think is really something special mm-hmm. so i'm i'm super duper incredibly excited to take part in it it's so fucking cool i'm so gels and <laughs> every and yeah yeah and being in fucking salem massachusetts where women were literally being murdered and prosecuted all uh, just for 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 landowning 
<laughs> purposes or yeah. who knows why. But, like, mm-hmm. where this is a historic site of mass misogyny, mm-hmm. um, it's so cool. And, and just in the horror world that this is happening and... I just have, I just, I feel like that, I feel like that weirdo in Mean Girls. It's like, I just have a lot of feelings. Like, it's so <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's really special. Yeah. I really, I really can't wait. So that's, that's so. May 8th to May 10th, um, this coming May. That's a Friday through Sunday. It's at the Salem Waterfront Hotel in Salem, Massachusetts. Yep. You can find out more at SalemHorror.com. Um, God, yeah, hopefully, hope to see you there. God, I'm fucking jealous. <laughs> Oh, sorry that you have to be the star of your own show. <laughs> Shut up. So sorry. <laughs> but I know what you mean. It's but a, it's like it's but a... at the same time I'm like, but wouldn't I rather go to this? <laughs> <laughs> it is it's gonna be a very special weekend, I think. I hope. Yeah. I mean with I'm with the guest lineup, I just I'm I'm uh obje- yeah, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hopefully it's the first of many. Right. That's what they're hoping. Yeah. That it's going to be a yearly event. So check it out, man. It's fucking rad. Fucking rad. Otherwise, we're going to be back next week with another great value slasher. Oh, it's not going away ever, baby. Not, not ever. We got great value fever. Yeah, this is our our new podcast. It's just great yeah. value slashers. <laughs> there's so many and they're so good. Yeah. So uh, hopefully you'll tune in. Give us a like on iTunes or something. Yeah. You got a question? Send it in. You uh, just Google Gaylords of Darkness. You'll find. Yeah, us. you don't need to know how to get there. You can you can figure it out yourself. We believe in I'm you. I'm just tired of saying it every week. It's so much to say. We should just. <laughs> what we should do is we should just get one of those text to speech robots. Oh, there you go. And then just play that. At the end. And that's not creepy That'd at all. Good. It would save... I mean, I'd rather spend that time talking about tattooing bangs on myself. Okay. Rather than, you know, where people can find our podcast or send in a question or any of, any of the important things. I'd much rather talk about tattooing hair on my forehead. And wouldn't you know it, Katie, I know you're listening, our wonderful listener Katie, who gave us our Suspiria tattoos. Listen, Stacy's coming back to town. So that's true. <laughs> so God, gotta fire up that tattoo gun. Fire, fire up that gun. Woo! <laughs> Let's get some oh legs. God, what have I done to myself? <laughs> oh well, it, honestly, it wouldn't be the worst haircut I've ever had. Let's be real. <laughs> anyway, that's a story for another time. Uh, all right, well, or not? I'm not. Whatever. I already told you about the perm. Whatever. Shut Jesus up. Goodbye. Jesus Christ. Wow. For a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh, my my God. God. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Tune in next time. Come on, game!